Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hopefully, Stuck doesn't get mad at me because, you know, Stuck and I are boys, but, um, you know, I, I think Isaiah. I just look at that year he had with Boston and, you know, being 5'9 and averaging almost 30 a game and putting the team on his back is, that doesn't happen very often. That was longtime Pacific Northwest basketball coach Carl Howell. He was the longtime head coach at Tacoma Community College. He's now the head coach at Skagit Valley. He's today's guest. Welcome to Dan Dickow's Quarantine Series on the Scorebook Live Today podcast. As the world, particularly the world of sports, is shut down due to the coronavirus, we're ramping things up a notch here at Scorebook Live. Every weekday, Dan interviews an expert in the world of sports, from star hoopers and coaches like Steve Kerr, Jamal Crawford, and Doug Christie, to seven-time Mr. Olympia bodybuilder Phil. We hope you're entertained and maybe learn a thing or two as we navigate these uncertain times. The easiest way to tune in is by subscribing. In addition to our weekly Washington High School Sports News and Conversation podcast released Thursdays, hosted by myself, Andy Bueller, fellow reporter Todd Millis, Dan is bringing you interviews just like this one delivered five days a week. Head to wherever you get your podcast, subscribe for free, and while you're there, leave a review we'd love to hear from you. Before we get to Dan's interview today, a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Washington Federal. Washington Federal is a local bank and portfolio lender with more than 200 branches across eight states, more than 32,000 fee-free ATMs, 24-7 online and mobile banking with drive-up ATMs. Washington Federal is a proud sponsor of Scorebook Live. They care deeply about high school sports and the communities that support them across the entire state of Washington. Head to wfdbank.com to learn how they can help you meet your financial goals. That's wafdbank.com. Washington Federal, a neighbor you can count on. We hope everybody's staying safe and healthy. We're just as excited for high school sports to return as you are. Now, Dan Dickow. Dan Dickow, Scorebook Live, Washington today during our quarantine series where we bring you a conversation with a guest who is an ex- expert in their respective field, whether a player, a broadcaster, maybe a front office executive, or a coach. Today we have a coach that is tremendous in the area of mentorship, tremendous in the area of in-game adjustments. Uh, Carl Howell just finished his first year at Skagit Valley Community College. He's been at a number of different stops in the Northwest over the years, known by a lot of coaches as being a mentor, such as I mentioned. So coach, I appreciate you joining. How is life on the West side of the state today? Well, thank you very much, Dan. I appreciate this. Uh, you know, I think going stir crazy like everybody else. It helps that the weather's nice, you know, able to go outside and exercise a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a strange time, that's for sure. Well, there's, uh, there's strange times for all of us right now where we kind of have to, to readjust, recalibrate our days to, to continue to, to get the things done that we need to, to do to be successful, whether it's our kids in school, whether it's a business owner, whether it's a coach. Uh, such as yourself. You just finished your first year with Skagit Valley, as I mentioned. You guys were 25-4. and four. You were looking to, to possibly challenge for an NWAC title before everything happened and, and the season was short, cut short. 
explain to our listeners how you learned that your season was over. Uh, and then after that, kind of how you've been filling your days to prepare for next season for your ball club. Yeah, no, it, I'll tell you what, it was crazy. Um, you know, our tournament got po- postponed a week. And it was supposed to be at Everett Community College, and it got moved to Clackamas Community College the following week. And, um, you know, we went down and, and you know, um, had our had our practice the day before the tournament was supposed to start, was in the hotel. Um, you know, everything looked like a go the next day. Got on the bus, went to uh, went to the went to the tournament. There was there was actually a game. Spokane Community College was actually playing. Their game actually got in, and uh, went down and did our pregame. Got all ready to play, and uh, we're walking up the stairs to enter the court for um, pregame warmups when we got the word the tournament was canceled. And um, tough times. I mean, you know, our guys are in tears in the locker room afterwards, and. As a coach, I mean, there's really nothing, you know, I didn't know what to say. I've never been in a situation like this. I mean, to me, the only worst feeling is losing, you know. I mean, that's the only thing that could have been worse is that you would have lost, uh, but not to even get the chance to play. And, you know, we were, I thought we were we were in, in good spot, too. We, um, you know, we won our first 22 games of the season, and then we had some mass injuries Um for about a month on and off games where we missed two starters, sometimes even close to, you know, three guys. And uh, we finally got healthy. Our last league game, we finally had everybody back and played exceptionally well in our last game and was really looking forward to the NWAC tournament. I definitely thought, you know, we were one of the three or four teams that, you know, could have won it. So it was pretty heartbreaking from that standpoint. Um, you know, so we come home and uh, <laughs> we're told the school's closed down. And basically we all just kind of met real quick and, and we all left town. I mean, I, you know, I stayed for a couple of days until my last couple out of state kids got out of town, made sure they got on a flight. But that's pretty much been it. And, you know, we have our uh, Zoom meetings with our team, you know, two or three times a week doing, um, you know, grade checks and stuff and making sure you know, they're engaged academically. I mean, I think that's the big thing is, you know, some some guys on our team had taken online classes anyway. Some had not. And so that's a challenge. You know, that that's a challenge. And so that's kind of been my main focus, um, you know, as far as this, the current team. Now, luckily for me, I was able to get in my home visits before the governor shut the state down, right? As, as we came back from the tournament and it got canceled, I immediately reached out to the five kids we'd barely been recruiting all year was able to get those visits in and fortunately sign those kids and um you know still looking for a couple more guys but um you know that's kind of been right now is just keeping track of our guys and and you know staying in touch with our new recruits and then continuing to recruit a few guys you know the role of a a junior college coach is constantly evolving uh with having to put together a roster uh, because you only have guys for two years. A lot of times, uh, unfortunately, at that level, uh, guys might not take their academics as seriously as you would like them to, as maybe as seriously as they should. So when you look at your role as a, as a JC coach, and I know you've spent a lot of years both at Tacoma where you had tremendous success before going to the D1 ranks for a short bit, what is your what do you view your role is as a G, junior college coach as opposed to say a high school coach or a division one coach because a lot of times you you have these kids where 
they're still kids, but they might think they're adults. They're 18, 19 years old. They're really not quite, uh, I shouldn't say not all, but many of them are not quite ready uh, to, to make the correct decisions for themselves consistently. Right. What, what, what is your role? Well, I would say this, you know, when you're at the division one level, not only do you have four full-time coaches, you know, the head coach and three full-time assistants, you have director of basketball operations, you have grad assistants, you have, you have so much help. You could almost take a guy one-on-one academically, honestly, and you just have so many more resources. And so I think, um, you know, in in junior college, you kind of have to do it all. And, you know, my biggest thing is the academic part. Like I tell them, listen, you know, you're here to go to school first. And and probably the most proud thing I am, aside from our success on the floor, was, you know, in all my years at Tacoma and, you know, then now again, it's getting, we've never had a kid get ineligible. Um, all of our kids at Tacoma that played for two years, whether they got scholarships or whether they just went to school as a student, they were in a position after two years to have enough credits and a high enough GPA to get admitted to a school. And um, speaking of that, our guys this year, winter quarter, you know, had a 2.97 GPA. And, you know, that might not seem high to, you know, people, you know, at the four-year level in some cases, but when you're talking about junior college, having nearly a 3.0 during basketball season, winter quarter is is pretty good. And so, you know, that, like I said, that's my main focus for this spring because, you know, we can't set on them like we do during the season. You know, I mean, you, you know, you make sure they're in classes, there's tutoring available. There's all kinds of things that, that you can do there that we're all kind of trying to get used to how we do that online, you know, but I, I think that's the biggest thing. And then, you know, player development, um, you know, terminology, like I, I tell people in this day and age, I mean, there's things you have to be able to do to play at the next level. You know, you can't just play open gym. And sometimes, unfortunately, community college and junior college kind of get tagged as being you know, glorified A and U, and, um, you know, we make sure that's not the case at Skagit and when we were at Tacoma, you know, um, so that, that's, but, but you got to do a lot. I mean, you're, you're pretty much, you know, you have maybe a part-time assistant or something. Um, you know, I, I was very fortunate at Tacoma. I had RJ Barsh, who was full-time on campus, Jesse Brown, uh, who's now the assistant at Alaska Fairbanks, and of course, Clint Parks, who's, you know, we know as a, a trainer of a lot of NBA players and um, extremely blessed, but that's, you know, that's really what, what you're trying to do. That's funny. You mentioned two names and one of them I was about to, to mention to you and bring up, but yeah, Clint Parks uh, is a friend of mine. We've talked a number of times about basketball at different levels and uh, he always brings your name up in some of the lessons that he's learned from you over the years. But RJ Barsh is somebody that I, interviewed for our scorebook live podcast a couple weeks back and um, learned a little bit more about his backstory of becoming a coach and how he got into coaching and then his time and what he learned at Tacoma under you as well as then as an NAIA head coach before going to Boise State and he mentioned your your name many times as being a mentor in teaching him what it would take to be a good coach how does that make you feel knowing that you've passed on or are passing on a lot of what you've learned to a younger generation of coaches? Well, I mean, I think that's the ultimate compliment, honestly. I mean, when you, when you coach a kid and then that, that kid, you know, is, it works with you and goes into your profession. I've always thought as a coach, when you see a lot of your guys going into coaching, you must've done something right. 
you know, and, um, you know, I've got, I mean, Sam Scholl played for me. He's a head coach at San Diego, you know, and, and Jeff McIntosh is an assistant at, at Cal Baptist Division One school. And Rashi Wortham was at Montana. And, of course, Jesse Brown and Clinton. And so, no, it makes you feel really good. And, and RJ is a superstar, man. He'll You watch, RJ will be a Division One head coach. And uh, it'll be within five years, I bet. You know, uh, he, he, he's got it all. He's And the great thing about RJ is, is for a young guy when he started, he, he never questioned things. Like, he trusted the process and trusted – the situation and um and i think that's something that all young coaches need to do you know um but all that comes honestly all that comes from the guys i was with i mean going all the way back to coach qual who i played for at skagit valley who came to every one of our games this year uh who's you know a mentor to mine i, I coached with ron billings at the home community college who, who passed away who was unbelievable high school coach and community college coach um you know coach nicholson at central who He's 94 years old. I still stay in touch with him. And he probably has more guys that have coached after leaving Central than anyone I can think of. I mean, maybe nationally, but for sure in the state. And then, you know, my guy, the late Gil Coleman, who I coach with at Central as well, who unfortunately, you know, succumbed to cancer in his late 30s. Um, but those guys are the reason why I'm here. I mean, it's, it's, I learned everything from them and have just tried to pass that along. I love how you basically took my next question and answered it on your own. That shows you that you're, you're a tremendous coach that can look into the future, create a scouting report, and, and execute it beforehand. Because I was going to ask you about some of your mentors, uh, and you went there on your own. So I love that. But I want to go back to your time at Tacoma Community College, and this kind of weaves in with the, the R.J. Barsh comment. And there's been a couple other guys that I've talked to uh, over the last couple of weeks and, and months doing these interviews about the Tacoma basketball scene. And I'm going to be interviewing another one from Tacoma, Devontae Lacey, played at Washington State. Oh, yeah. Soon. They mentioned Tacoma Community College almost had an open-door policy with open gyms. If you could play in the city of Tacoma or the surrounding areas, you would go play pickup there. There'd be a back gym where the younger kids would kind of try to earn their stripes and learn their way. And I found that so refreshing because that's a lot of, of how I learned to play the game was uh, compete, try to play against the older guys. When you could compete, then you have to earn your way to win and stay on. What were the open gyms like at Tacoma Community College in the day? Well, first of all, we, we kind of had the rule was like, you know, it was for our players at Tacoma, the elite high school kids in the area, and then anybody, you know, any four-year college players or, or professionals. and and, um, you know, RJ, you know, ran a lot of this uh, when he was there with me. And before that, I did. But, um, I mean, when you think about the guys, that, and I'll start with two Gonzaga alums, Casey Calvary and Lorenzo Rollins, you know, were some of the first elite guys that were, that were there. Jason Terry played there. Most people don't realize Jason Terry went to junior high. I think he went to junior high at Curtis, high, at Curtis Middle School, but was a Tacoma guy before he moved to Franklin. Um, of course, Isaiah Thomas, who was always badgering us to get in the gym. I mean, the hardest work to this day, the hardest working kid I've ever seen. Isaiah, I've never seen anyone work on his game harder than Isaiah. I mean, he was constantly there. Devontae Lacey, of course. Um, you know, Abdul Gadi, uh, Rodney Stuckey, who, you know, we had at Central, I mean, Eastern, excuse me. Um, you know, Avery Bradley. Um, guys like Mark Axton, you know, Brendan Merritt when he came back from playing at Eastern. I mean, I'm sure I'm forgetting people, but 
Hiram Fuller, who played a little bit in the NBA and played overseas. I mean, we had elite, elite open gyms. And the best thing was for our guys is um, those kids, those guys were great with our players, you know, and our, and our guys learned what it was like to try and stay on the floor. Cause if you lost, you sat, you know, and I got a funny story for you. One guy that played and you know, this, uh Ron McMahon who started for the Canadian Olympic team against the dream team, right? Five, nine guy was a great player at Eastern. I'll never forget. He walks in the gym and he's not a real imposing guy. Five, eight, five, nine, couple guys go who's that little guy I said just wait you'll see and uh as you can imagine he torched everybody but uh but no it was it was big time I mean it was really um we really we were really fortunate we benefited from that you know the guys were able to come in there um I mean the Detroit Pistons sent a film crew out and watched Rodney with us play an open gym and stuff and and ran a story back there on their Fox Sports Detroit or whatever. But no, it was uh, I know I know RJ has a lot of pride in that. And and he, he did a lot to help to help with that later on, getting more and more people there, even guys from Seattle. Some of the Huskies would come down and, and play. Um, but uh, yeah, that was that was the golden age in Tacoma right there. I love hearing stories about open gyms where it's win and stay on and it's oh, yeah. earn your stripes. Cause I, that's, that's how I learned Clark college down in Vancouver, as well as green meadows athletic club down in Vancouver. And unfortunately these days, high school kids don't learn that experience anymore, but you run or you've been a part of, of one of the better run AAU programs on the West coast. Talked to a number of college coaches that, that have, have really shared their their belief that you run it the right way with Washington Supreme and you you don't just roll the ball out and let the guys play how do you feel that benefits the guys that have have been in your program getting them ready for the college level you know I just I mean like I said I think it's the same thing when I've coached it at the Coleman Skagit we try and run it like a division one program with terminology and drills and stuff and so I mean I think the thing that I always get is and I go back to like to Eric Stevenson and Emmett Matthews, who took a chance on us when we first started Washington Supreme. And of course, um, Eric, you know, had a, he was having a great career at Wichita State and is now transferred home to Washington. And Emmett has started for two years at West Virginia. And I just, you know, those guys always, you know, have relayed positive things about, you know, how it helped them um, adjust to it. I think, I think Emmett probably benefited the most because I'm a little bit like Huggy Bear and I'm going to get on you some. And so it wasn't culture shock for Emmett when Huggy Bear maybe lit him up or something. You know, I mean, but, you know, we, we, we have to, too. I mean, here's the other thing. Look, you know, I'm a realist. Rotary has been around for 30 or 40 years. I don't know. D- Daryl is a good friend of mine. I mean, they have tremendous talent and they do a great job with their kids. And if you try and roll them out and play against Rotary, you're going to get your teeth kicked in. And so, you know, I think that's, you know, from a local standpoint, but what, what happens is when we go to on the UAA circuit, it's teams like Rotary, you know, it's, it's guys like that, that are super, super talented. And, um, and so you have to, you have to play the right way to have any chance at all, you know? Well, we've, we've heard that your teams play the right way. I've seen uh, plenty of clips online of that being the case. Last question before I let you go, because um, I'm sure you've got another Zoom meeting with, with <laughs> your team today. Um, you mentioned the Tacoma Community College runs and how many good players that have come out of there. 
recently with Scorebook Live Washington, we had a poll for 2000 and on, the greatest player to ever come out of the state of Washington. Isaiah Thomas ended up winning that in the fan vote. Uh, you can vote in a number of different ways, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, our online polling. Is Isaiah Thomas the best player that you've seen come out of the state of Washington over the last 20 years, putting everything together, high school, college, and professional career? And if not, who would it be? Well, I mean, I have to go with Isaiah. I mean, he's one of our guys when it comes to that. I, 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 I think it is. I mean, I, I, I'd say the other guys, I mean, B-Roy, before he got hurt, man, was, you know, he was a perennial all-star too. But I just think what Isaiah accomplished, you know, that year at Boston and dealing with the tragedy of his sister and just how I know him and how his work ethic and everything, um, I mean, Isaiah is number one in my book, you know. I mean, he's I, – I love the guy. He's hes just uh, – he's the same guy that he was when he used to come and play open gyms, you know. he I remember I saw him um, right after I got the Skagit job, and the first thing he said, hey, Coach, congrats on the job, you know. And, like, I didn't even know if he knew it, but he did. And, uh, and he's real close with two – you know, I coached two real special kids at, at Tacoma, Dom and Darnell Williams who, you know, both went on and played at Central Washington and Hilo and Dom played professionally and they're really close with Isaiah, the families and stuff. And so, you know, I got to see him that way too with those guys and what a great job he did mentoring with those guys as well. And so, um, yeah, Isaiah's, you know, I mean, hopefully Stuck doesn't get mad at me because, you know, Stuck and I are boys, but, um, you know, I, I think Isaiah – I just look at that year he had with Boston and, you know, being five, nine and averaging almost 30 a game and putting a team on his back is that doesn't happen very often. Well, Rodney Stuckey did make our final four. Uh, he will, we'll be releasing a conversation with him in the near future. Uh, I don't think he would have been too upset because Isaiah was a great choice. Uh, not only from our listeners and our on online uh, readership, but from an expert like yourself, glad to hear that you backed up all of their boats. Coach, <laughs> Well, one thing, hey, one other thing, one thing I'll say. Yeah. Well, going back to Tacoma, and, you know, RJ and I talked about this the other day. I mean, I know you, you saw our recruiting class at Skagit. You guys put some stuff out on there. It's, you know, it's always great to go back home and pluck four of the best players out of Tacoma and bring them to Skagit. I mean, those, those four kids are – really good players. I mean, they will, they will keep us at a high level at Skagit. And, um, and the reason I bring that up is it's all about relationships. You know, we have a kid, Lejon Harris, who's, who's a big time player. Well, his dad's best friend or one of his best friends is Lorenzo Rollins, who was one of my first guys. And so it always, you know, I always find in recruiting, you know, people get tabbed as a great recruiter or this or that. It's never about that, man. It's about your relationships. It's about your relationships with, the former players you've had with high school coaches. Um, you know, one thing RJ probably mentioned as well is, you know, we were one of the first, maybe the first to start a big summer league. Back in the early 90s at TCC, we had 24 high school teams playing in summer league every summer. Then it went to 30 teams. And then we turned a summer league into a fall league. And so we just constantly had people there. And the relationships that you, that you make through that last for a lifetime. And honestly, I think that's the key to my longevity, whether it be with Washington Supreme or now at Skagit is the relationships I've had with people without question. So well said. And I would agree the the people that 
get the most out of the sport of basketball or athletics in general are the ones that take the time to develop those relationships because it makes it even more special when you look back years from now. So coach, we appreciate the time. Uh, I will always be pulling for whatever team you're coaching for. And right now that's Skagit Valley. So appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us on the Scoreboard Live Today podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.